But first, it's been revealed that the passenger plane that crashed off the coast of Indonesia had experienced problems on its previous flight, even though it was brand new. Ethiopian Airlines flight has crashed shortly after takeoff from Addis Ababa, killing all 157 passengers and crew thought to be on board. China, Ethiopia and Indonesia have all now grounded their fleets to the same model for safety checks. Welcome to Air Crash Investigation, the podcast, the show where we dissect all things air crashes. I am your host, Jonaka Kimberly, and in this episode, we'll be talking about Lion Air Flight 610 and Ethiopian Airlines Flight 302. The crew, the crash, the investigation. So without wasting any more of your time, let us get into it. It's 8.52 here in New York. I'm Brian Bumble. We understand that there has been a plane crash on the uh, southern tip of Manhattan. U.S. Airways plane loses power and then makes an emergency landing on the Hudson River. The mystery of Malaysian Airlines Flight 37. One of the largest and safest passenger jets ever made simply disappears off the road. They're flying through, they saw flight level 100, which is 10,000 feet. I think that was a point where we went from we have some time to figure this thing out to, like, we might not be able to save us ourselves. Lion Air Flight 610 Lion Air Flight 610 was a scheduled flight for the 29th of October 2018. Its origin was Sukarno Hatta International Airport, Tangerang, Indonesia. And its destination was the Pati Amir Airport, Pankai, Pinyang, Indonesia. The plane used was the new Boeing 737 MAX 8. The new feature that was introduced on the 737 MAX 8 was a new system called MCAS, or Maneuvering Characteristics Augmentation System. This system gave the aircraft control over increasing and decreasing pitch and the overall angle of attack. This information is important for the investigation and the story of Ethiopian Airlines Flight 302. The crew and passengers. The captain of Lion Air Flight 610 was Bavia Suneya, who was 31 years old at the time of the crash. In total, he had 6,028 flight hours with 5,176 on the Boeing 737. The first officer was Harvino, who was 41 years old and had a total of 5,174 flight hours with 4,286 on the Boeing 737. The Boeing 737 is not to be confused with the Boeing 737 MAX 8. In total, there were 181 passengers on board, with the majority of them being Indonesian. The flight. At 18 minutes past 6 a.m., Lion Air Flight 610 was granted clearance to take off. Now, before taking off, the aeroplane's angle of attack sensors were different, as in their angles were different. And while still on the ground, the cockpit and I quote control column stick started shaking, which meant that a stall was imminent. Whilst the captain and first officer were still trying to figure out why the stick shaker system was going off, the takeoff configuration warning started going off and the system shows pilots any potential problems that they might face during the flight. Finally, at 20 minutes past 6 a.m., Lion Air Flight 610 finally took off. Seconds later, the sensor started recording two different airspeeds. As a result, First Officer Harvino asked Captain Suneya on what the problem was. However, Captain Suneya did not respond. As a result, Captain Suneya asked Air Traffic Control on the plan of action and the Air Traffic Controller told the cockpit of Lion Air Flight 610 to climb higher. 
Because they were unsure about the true altitude of their aeroplane, First Officer Harvino asked Air Traffic Control what their actual altitude was. The Air Traffic Controller confirmed that their altitude was 900 feet or 274,32 meters. However, the aeroplane's two centers had 790 feet or 240,79 meters and 1,040 feet or 316,99 meters respectively. Since the cockpit had this problem, First Officer Harvino decided to ask air traffic control to move into a holding pattern sighting and I quote, a flight control problem. The air traffic controller did not respond to this request. Since air traffic control did not respond to their request to be placed into a holding pattern, First Officer Harvino suggested that Captain Sunea change the flaps. Captain Sunea did just that, changing the flap setting from the flaps 5 setting to the flaps 1 setting. Then Captain Sunea asked First Officer Harvino to take control of the plane. At this point, First Officer Harvino is flying the plane. Whilst flying the plane, First Officer Harvino is having trouble controlling the plane as it continually pitches down. At this point, Lion Air Flight 610 is flying erratically, climbing, then diving, then climbing again. The pilots are then trying to find the solution in their flight manual books. However, they cannot find anything that has to do with a double center malfunction and erratic diving. Keep in mind, the whole situation is happening over the Java Sea. So if they do not find the solution now, they risk crashing into the Java Sea. But as a result, Line Air Flight 610 declares an emergency to air traffic control. Finally, the air traffic controller allows Lion Air Flight 610 to fly at any altitude that they need in order to solve their problem. Then Lion Air Flight 610 starts diving at an uncontrollable speed. The aeroplane system warnings start going off and Lion Air 610 crashes into the Java Sea at 391 knots, 450 miles per hour or 724,20 kilometers an hour. All 189 people on board died. Ethiopian Airlines Flight 302 Ethiopian Airlines Flight 302 was a scheduled flight for the 10th of March 2019. This aeroplane was coming from Addis Ababa Bole International Airport, Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, and its destination was Jomo Kenyatta International Airport, Nairobi, Kenya. The aeroplane used was the new Boeing 737 MAX 8. The Crew and Passengers the captain of this flight was Yared Getachal, who was 29 years old. He had amassed a total of 8,122 flight hours, with 4,120 hours on the Boeing 737. Not to be confused with the Boeing 737 MAX 8. The first officer was Ahmed Nur Mohamed Nur, who was 25 years old at the time of the crash. He was a recent graduate, so his flight hours were quite low, with him amassing 361 flight hours with 207 hours on the Boeing 737. In total, there were 149 passengers on board, with majority of them being Kenyan. The flight. At 22 minutes to 9 a.m., Ethiopian Airlines took off from Addis Ababa Bole International Airport. A minute later, First Officer Nu reported a, and I quote, flight control problem to air traffic control. Two minutes after that, the plane started pitching down on its own. The pilots successfully recovered the plane, but they were losing altitude fast. Then it happened again. The plane then started accelerating beyond its safety limits. 
Captain Getachow then called an emergency and requested an emergency landing. Air traffic control granted Ethiopian Airlines Flight 302 permission to return to Addis Ababa Bole International Airport. So, Captain Getachow and First Officer Nur turned the Boeing 737 MAX 8 jet east towards the airport. At this time, Ethiopian Airlines Flight 302 was banking to the right. Ethiopian Airlines Flight 302 started diving again, and this time, the pilots could not save their plane. Ethiopian Airlines Flight 302 crashed at 16 minutes to 9 a.m., and unfortunately, there were no survivors. The response to the crash of Ethiopian Airlines Flight 302 after the crash of Ethiopian Airlines Flight 302, safety bodies around the world grounded the Boeing 737 MAX 8 aeroplane until the cause of the crash was found. Now, what was the impact on airlines and businesses when it comes to the grounding of Boeing 737 MAX 8 jets? Well, many airlines bought the 737 MAX 8 jets in massive quantities and now that they were being grounded due to safety concerns several airlines suffered financially and the majority of them actually almost went bankrupt that's crazy if you think about it their investigation before we officially get started with the investigation let us first discuss this mcas system now according to boeing themselves MCAS stands for Maneuvering Characteristics Augmentation System, and this system is, and I quote, designed and certified for the 737 MAX to enhance the pitch stability of the airplane so that it feels and flies like other 737s. MCAS is designed to activate in manual flight with the airplane's flaps up at an elevated angle of attack, end quote. Now, to explain this better, the MCAS system can be a stall identification system on the aeroplane. Now, how does this MCAS system actually work? Well, when an aeroplane is in the air and is climbing but is traveling at a low speed, the MCAS system then will activate and push the nose of the plane down in order to keep the plane from stalling and to ensure that the plane stays level. Now we can officially get started with the investigation. Now within this portion of this episode, I'll be using the investigative evidence of Lion Air Flight 610 with loose reference to Ethiopian Airlines Flight 302 and I'll explain later on in the episode as to why I am using Lion Air Flight 610 instead of Ethiopian Airlines Flight 302. So the team that was leading the investigation of Lion Air Flight 610 was a National Transportation Safety Committee or NTSC with other safety organizations assisting in the investigation. Now, before Lion Air Flight 610, the aircraft was used on a flight from Ngara Rai International Airport, Bali, and its destination was Sukamohata International Airport, Jakarta. Now, the passengers on this flight remember the smell of burnt rubber and heavy shaking, and as a result, the crew actually called a pan-pan emergency. Nonetheless, they cancelled the pan-pan emergency and they continued to Jakarta. Now, after they landed, the logbook revealed that the aeroplane experienced an unknown navigation failure only on the captain's side. Now, also, the passengers said that the aircraft suffered an engine problem. The logbook also revealed that the Boeing 737 MAX 8 jet had problems with maintaining a constant altitude. So, when the pilots landed the plane, they told the maintenance crew that they experienced this problem, and as a result, the maintenance crew fixed in inverted commas, fixed the plane and 
The engineers declared that the Boeing 737 MAX 8 jet was ready for takeoff the following day. Now, before the NTSC released their final report, they actually released a preliminary report. Now, this report noticed that the flight that experienced altitude maintenance problems also experienced airspeed issues. The flight, however, experienced automatic nose-down trim. This nose-down trim was done by the MCAS system. Later on, it was reported that the crew of that flight did not know that there was a trim runway checklist that they could use to disengage the MCAS system. Now, after this incident, Boeing reiterated that the MCAS system is now fixed and it would never, ever, ever automatically trim the nose down again. What a lie that was. But let's continue. On the 25th of October 2019, the NTSC released its final report, and it goes as follows. Contributing factors defines as actions, omissions, events, conditions, or a combination thereof, which, if eliminated, avoided, or absent, would have reduced the probability of the accident or incident occurring, or mitigated the severity of the consequences of the accident or incident. The presentation is based on chronological order and not to show the degree of contribution. Number 1. During the design and certification of the Boeing 737-8 MAX, assumptions were made about flight crew responses to malfunctions, which even though consistent with current industry guidelines, turned out to be incorrect. Number 2. Based on the incorrect assumptions about the flight crew response and an incomplete review of associated multiple flight deck effects, MCAS's reliance on a single sensor was deemed appropriate and met all certification requirements. Number 3. MCAS was designed to rely on a single angle of attack sensor, making it vulnerable to erroneous input from that sensor. Number 4. The absence of guidance on MCAS or more detailed use of trim in the flight manuals and in flight crew training made it more difficult for flight crews to properly respond to uncommanded MCAS. Number 5. The angle of attack disagree alert was not correctly enabled during the Boeing 737-8 MAX development. As a result, it did not appear during flight with the miscalibrated angle of attack sensor, could not be documented by the flight crew, and was therefore not available to help maintenance identify the miscalibrated angle of attack sensor. Number 6. The replacement angle of attack sensor that was installed on the accident aircraft had been miscalibrated during an earlier repair. This miscalibration was not detected during the repair. Number 7. The investigation could not determine that the installation test of the angle of attack sensor was performed properly. The miscalibration was not detected. Number 8. Lack of documentation in the aircraft's flight and maintenance log about the continuous stick shaker and use of the runway stabilizer, NNC, meant that the information was not available to the maintenance crew in Jakarta, nor was it available to the accident crew, making it more difficult for each to take the appropriate actions. Number 9. The multiple alerts, repetitive MCAS activations, and distractions related to numerous air traffic control communications were not able to be effectively managed. This was caused by the difficulty of the situation and performance in manual handling, NNC execution, and flight crew communication, leading to the ineffective CRM application and workload management. These performances had previously been identified during training and reappeared during the accident flight. That was a lot.
but i'll try to explain as much as i can but before i do that i just just like to add that the ntsc added that 31 pages were missing from the logbook which is incredibly suspicious and that is never ever ever supposed to happen now to go point by point in terms of what the ntsc actually said in relation to Lion Air Flight 610's crash. Number one, they were basically saying that Boeing actually made assumptions about the flight crew's response, regardless of them not even getting any training when it comes to when and how MCAS is activated or deactivated. Number two being that MCAS actually relied on one sensor instead of two, which meant that it would be less reliable and it would actually make it even worse for pilots to actually fly the plane. Number three being that the same thing that um, MCAS was actually aligned on one sensor instead of two. Number four being that there was no guidance in terms of how to use MCAS and therefore it made it more difficult for flight crews to respond to MCAS when it is not activated by the pilots. Number five being that the angle of attack disagree alert was not enabled correctly during the development and the creation and the assembly of the Boeing 737 MAX 8 jets. Number six being that the angle of attack sensor that was installed on the aircraft after the whole incident about the nose down trim, it was not enabled nor was it correctly put onto the plane. Number seven being that the investigation could not determine whether or not an installation test of the angle of attack sensor was actually done. Number eight being that there was a lack of documentation, as I stated before, there were 31 pages that were missing from the logbook, which is incredibly suspicious, like hella suspicious. And number nine, finally, being that there were multiple alerts to numerous air traffic control communications when, for example, First Officer Harvino and Captain Sunea were like, we need to be put into a holding pattern, we need to land. But air traffic control was like, oh, you guys must just climb higher, you guys are all okay, y'all are fine. Turns out they weren't fine and they actually lost their lives. Now, the recommendations of Lion Air Flight 610 being that number one, Lion Air should improve the training of its safety management system, including its pilots. And this includes the need to be able to identify hazards in the cockpit, such as the continuous stick shaker. And the number two, that the Indonesian Directorate General of Civil Aviation, or DGCA, needs to improve its oversight on the maintenance of aeroplanes so that this never, ever, ever happens again. And this is to prevent, for example, even if there was another crash such as Lion Air Flight 610, then it would mean that the investigation would be easier and it would be more accurate. And then the recommendations about Ethiopian Airlines Flight 302. Now with Ethiopian Airlines Flight 302, this one is a bit tricky because there was nothing. I researched for like so long and there was nothing. Reason being that a lot of investigators and a lot of engineers, they were not agreeing with what the investigators were actually finding. Basically, for example, for example, the Ethiopian investigators found out and they wrote their own report and then all the other investigators around the world were like, nah, this is not it. This is not what happened. So for now, the final report of Ethiopian Airlines has not been released. And will it be released? I hardly think so, but we can only hope. And when it comes out, I'll make sure to actually read it. I hope you read it too, because I think it would be interesting. 
but that is the end of this episode thanks so much for listening i really do hope that you enjoyed it do not forget to follow us on the platform that you're listening to us on and i'll catch you in the next one cheers